What up, world? It's T, aka Vizio, BKA Playlist Booty. Hey, man, y'all keep shit positive. Peace and prosperity. Bless up. It's Kelpie Vibes. Yeah. 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 Show your body Show you know no say The thing when you carry Fifty kill is somebody You know I feel a vibe You feel a vibe So baby wine it by me yeah. And I know you shy But it's cool When we're making love In Nigeria probably got tried bro. So everybody speaks English In school When my mom was growing up She spoke like French But everybody like Speaks their own tribal language. So the Igbo speak Igbo, Yoruba, speak Yoruba, Hausa, they'll speak their language, and then all the miniature tribes sort of speak their own language as well. So there's a lot of tribes. My dad's like from Akwaibom, so they'll speak their own language. That's like Cross River State, right on the border across across the water from Cameroon. So you know, everyone speaks and does their own thing, but English is the main language. So are you with the different dialects? A different variation. Is it based off the same language or is it completely different? Are people using, I guess, English as a common ground for communication? I mean, that's actually like an amazing question. And I don't know. I know a little bit of my mom's language, a little bit of my dad's language, but like none of it is based in English. Like, you know, like when you're talking about Spanish, you can have like telephone, um, communication, like words that are based it, they share the same roots as English words. So, like, communication, communication, telephone, telephone. But, like, it's not like that in any African language. You're not going to catch anything based in English. Yeah, no, no, no. I wasn't asking in the sense of that. I'm saying that if people are speaking different dialects, are there just similarities or do they use English as the common ground to then communicate? Oh, yeah, yeah. People speak their dialect to people from the same tribe, but then they use English as the common ground to communicate. Got you, got you, got you. When was the last time you were in Nigeria? I was actually in Nigeria like 2015 for two months, bro. Oh, dope. Two months, too. So you were able to actually like live there for a little bit, get get a real sense of the culture. Yeah, bro. Like a lot of people, like they're afraid to go back or if they go back, they think they can only, I can only spend a week or something, you know? But like me, my whole thing is like you got to be in a certain mindset. You know, when you want to travel, you got to have an open mind and be ready to just soak in a bunch of new stuff and just turn a new leaf so when i went there it was sort of like let me chill bro let me like soak this in and learn as much as i can from the culture you know that's real actually my homie who uh is also from nigeria uh, or is nigerian american you know has been there been back there before but he just made a trip out there and he was doing i think three months out there and he said first i want to get in touch with the land then i want to get in touch with my family and then i want to get in touch with like the community as a whole oh shit i feel that <laughs> i thought that was a really dope way of approaching it yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Like, it's all about, you know, finding your own personal connection, you know, going there, seeing the people, seeing how everything relates back to you, what you can, what you like, you know, what you don't like, 
what your the places you like going, the people you like talking to, and then you know, at the end of the day, like it's not it's not just you. You have to like connect with the community. You gotta, and of course, connect with family because I have a lot of family that's in Nigeria and a lot of places in the world, which is actually why I've been to so many places in the world to visit family. You know, family first. Was that your first time in Nigeria in 2015? Nah, nah. I've been to Nigeria probably like since my childhood, probably five or more times. I would say like Nigeria and London are like my two international homes. That's what's up. This feels like a, a good time to segue into some introductions. Welcome back to uh, our shared audio space. As always, it's your boy Lucid. We got yeah, Eric yeah. on the mic. And who else we got joining us today? We got Michael and Carol, a.k.a. Mickey Lake, a.k.a. whatever you want to call me, bro. Wait, is that the actual a.k.a. whatever you want to call me? <laughs> the that's a hard AKA, AKA, man. That's a hard AKA. <laughs> I mean, if no. you're not going to use that one, I'll take that. I'm, I'm just asking you before you try to pull up the archives no, 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 on this and say, swag, Eric, I know how you are. Don't jack my swag. Now you know how I am. Okay. <laughs> now, now, you now you're a world traveler after you, after you befriended me, right? Okay. Heard you. Heard you. Now I'm the one you know, Eric swag. is the inspiration. Eric went to Korea first. I got to say, Eric went to Korea. He inspired the young, the young boy. <laughs> but so don't funny. get it twisted. I've been traveling the world since I was a youngin. <laughs> I, hey, it's no competition. I just feel like we all blessed and have the privilege. Oh, no way. No competition. Everybody knows that. You know, this is just jokes. Yeah, you know, even I, I've been to more <laughs> countries and states, but, you know, we ain't got to go there. <laughs> but it, it's all good, Mike. <laughs> I'm, actually, I'm actually going out to the West Coast for the first time in my whole life. That's something new. Oh, shit. That's going to be dope when you're making that trip. Yeah, I'm going to L.A. March 18th. I'm going to be out there for a week. That's fire. What you doing out there? Bro, I'm visiting my girlfriend's family, and I've got a few recording sessions with the label that I just signed to this indie label, so I'm going to just go out there, do the recording sessions, meet my girl's family. We're going to Disneyland, um, going to her little sister's tournament, Vegas. Bro, I'm about to be out there just living living life. You my guy sounds like he just won the Super Bowl and shit. We going to Disneyland. Facts, right? <laughs> I have, a, I have a couple questions lined up for that now. I did win the Super Bowl with my girl, though. Hey. <laughs> I see, love. You see? He trying to time this well. You see? That's what's up. I feel you. That's a blessing. That's a blessing. I've never been to the West Coast. I've never been to LA. I feel like there's a huge migration of people a little bit tired of the East Coast and going out there. I mean, we have yeah. our close mutual friend out there right now and have some family that decided to move, so... Yeah, definitely. Let me know how that is for sure. Hold on, I was gonna ask you. You're going to the West Coast for the first time. You've been around the country, but like, where in the states, you know, have you called home in the past? Where have I called home? All right. Well, I've called Atlanta, Georgia, home. That's my hometown. From Atlanta, Georgia, I took a jet up to Concord, New Hampshire, where I met the homie Eric E. E. Shout out to E. That's what you jump in. That's what you jump in and say something. <laughs> that's what I said. I was letting you get get your shit off. But yeah, no. Then I moved to to, to Concord, New Hampshire. Then after Concord, New Hampshire, I moved up to Clinton, New York. After Clinton, New York, I moved to Columbus, Ohio. And after Columbus, Ohio, I was back in Atlanta, Georgia, for a little bit. And now I live in New York City. That's fire, man. So I've I, yeah, I've lived a lot of places, bro. I moved out the house at fifteen. It would be a lame question for me to ask you to like rank them in terms of you know. Nah, nothing's a lame out. question, bro. You want me to rank everywhere I've lived? No, no, no. I don't want you to do that. I feel like that not, oh. not lame. But that would be a very like cliche question. Um, yeah. But I am, I am curious. In those experiences, was there one that you like? 
I guess if you're from Atlanta, it would most likely be Atlanta and you would turn there. But is there one that you like really feel like shaped you to who you are today? I mean, Atlanta shaped me, but like Concord, New Hampshire made me, you know, like when I was there at St. Paul's with everybody, you know, it was like it was the most growth I ever had. And it was at the same time, the most I'd ever been torn down. So it's like when you're Mm -hmm. torn down, you naturally have to build back up. And I didn't build back up at St. Paul's. I left St. Paul's with like a bitter taste in my mouth. But when I look back, it's like that's where I really got built up and where I got broken down. And then I had to build myself up again. And like now I'm living life and loving life. So like everything's all good. But part part of that, I guess, understanding or destruction of self, that was a lot of that was growth and just the fact that you were so young at the time, though, right? Exactly, exactly. Like I was so young at the time. You know, everything is like you soak in everything and you take it and you interpret it how you want to. You know, like there was a lot of people guiding us at St. Paul's, but like, I was a hard headed kid. I I'm not trying to listen to anybody. You know, I kind of wanted to do things. I wanted to do things, so I was built, broken down, but, like, the values and, like, really it was the homies, certain teachers, I don't know really what it was, but at that age, everyone knows that's the developmental, like, a very important developmental stage adolescence, so that was a cool thing to go through and got to experience it with close friends and made me the man I am today. That's interesting, though, to say that, um, what was it, it was, like, Atlanta made you, but Concord, New Hampshire shaped you. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, I can't even remember exactly what I said, but like, yeah, it was sort of, it was, <laughs> on the it was sort of like that. The, the premise, the premise, the the premise is the same. You feel me? Like Atlanta's where I was born. Atlanta's where like I had a blank slate. Atlanta gave me my Atlanta gave me my canvas. You feel me? Atlanta gave me my canvas, and then I went up to St. Paul's and like painted into the my 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 Picasso. Started my Picasso. You feel me? And I'm still painting it, but like it's, it's definitely a Picasso. So it's all good. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more than Basquiat, but you know, I feel you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. A Van Gogh really my favorite if you gonna keep it a buck, you feel me? <laughs> I mean, we can continue some name artists, but <laughs> I don't see what the competition is. <laughs> you a funny guy, my guy. You a funny guy. Um, I want to backtrack a little bit. So you said you're going out to LA because you uh, just signed to a label. You want, want to talk a little bit more about your uh, your music? Yeah, definitely, definitely. So like I make music on the side, you know, like I'm not even going to say it's on the side. It's really a 50-50 venture because on these days I feel like people want you to say what your profession and what your hobby is. Like I got two professions, you know, like I got, I'm going to have 100 professions before I'm done. It's, it's just who I am, you know, so I make music, put it on Spotify, promote it a little bit, hope people listen. I mean, that's that. You know, my music is really for me. My music, my whole time has always been about therapy. But then, like, now in this new thing, I'm trying to make it go a little more. You know, people want to vibe. People want to bob their head. But my whole thing is, like, I sing, I rap, and it's just whatever makes me feel good is what I put out. So that's that. You started um, Lake Brand when you were in Atlanta after high school or during yeah. that time? Not after high school. After high school and college, I started Lake Brand. It was like... It was just my thing, man. I had mad videos. It was just creative pursuit, you know? Like, I needed yeah. to, like, put my mind in something other than school. Because, like, I thought school was over with. Like, I thought, like, I didn't think I couldn't go back to school. But, like, I thought, like, man, my grades aren't, like, amazing. But then I picked them up. I thought, man, I'm not really, like, loving it like this. I, I kind of lost my, my lust for school and learning, you know? So I'm like, mm-hmm. no, I'm just doing this. So now I kind of have that back, but I still love music. So I just do both. It gets down to like riding a bike, though, right? Whenever you're writing down bars, like you never really forget. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Like you can't, you can't, you don't forget. You don't lose that skill, you know. Like 
it's it's really like riding a bike. You hear an instrumental, you might have to search three hours for an instrumental, but like you hear something you like and you, you write write a song real quick. Like I've been writing since I was nine years old. Like my first performance was when I was nine year, nine or ten, like fifth grade graduation. I, I performed, and then like I've always been on stage. I used to be an actor growing up. Like I used to like mom used to send me to all these little competitions and stuff and like it was cool but like it wasn't ever like my main thing education is the most things that you focus on in nigerian culture but then i kind of felt like when education wavered off a little bit it was like nah man let me get back to this entertainment stuff like maybe i have something in this so now i'm doing real well in both so thank god do you feel like your previous acting classes or the acting work that you did do you feel like that helps you put yourself in a different character, a different mindset whenever you are writing from different perspectives? Or even, because you said Mickey Late, I, I would assume that's your artist name, right? That's my artist name. You know, my family's always actually called me Mickey. And, like, that's where, like, the Mickey the Mickey comes from. And then, like, I just feel like my music, it just gives me an outlet, you know? Like, it just gives me something to do, something, something to put my thoughts, because I have a lot of extra thoughts. Like, my thoughts overflow, you know? Like... I got a lot of, I don't want to just, I vent in my music a little bit, you know, like people listen to know where like, I'm, where, what I'm thinking, what's on my mind at the time, you know, and I listen to remember what was on my mind. Like I go back to 2012 and play a song like, oh yeah, I remember that, you know, like That's I remember that night on my bed. I remember what I was thinking about. I remember who that was about, you know, it's like a little, it's my own diary to myself, you know, if people love it, people love it. But I think people focus too much on the commercial success part of it like i don't care how many plays i get i don't care how much money i make like does it feel good to look and see that i got three thousand plays in the last few months hell yeah but it's not like it's not the end of the world if i had 500 like if it's not the end of the world if i have five like it's just for me you know like do what you want do what you love yeah man that's a real approach and i think like what's what's dope is that i mean you mentioned it being 50 50 and how now like you're doing you feeling success in both halves i feel like that only really happens once you have that approach right like where you're not you're not doing it for anybody else. You're just doing it for yourself because you got to exactly. do it. Exactly. Exactly, bro. Because like, once you're doing it for yourself, you can find solace. You you set your end goal. You set your finish line. You set all of the little things and little niblets and every little thing you nugget you want to accomplish. You say, I want to accomplish it. And you go out and accomplish it. No one sets the agenda for you. So if I want to feel good, if I say, I set realistic goals and I shoot for what I want, but whatever happens, happens. And like, I know I don't answer to anybody but myself. So if I feel like I'm accomplished and something was like great for me, something was a success for me, then that was a success. I don't have to look or get that other confirmation from anybody else. That's a beautiful thing to realize too, especially at this age where social media is just putting a different kind of pressure on people to compare what they're doing and what they've done to everybody else. That's a blessing to have that perspective especially as an artist when you're mm-hmm. when you're vulnerable you know and that's why you got to be vocal about it so that more people out there like understand you know that you can be vulnerable about it exactly you're active in the with the music as well as them so i know you definitely can relate with that yeah i mean everything you were saying uh mike was like exactly how i feel about music where it's like i don't really care about the number of plays like for me it's just the act of creating and one thing that came to mind while you were talking was like what I love about making music and really about any art form is just like, it's always there. You know what I'm saying? Like you can deal with all the other life shit, but it's always like, I can always just like find a beat. Maybe it's not my favorite beat ever, but I can always find a beat, throw it on and like write some music or like write yeah. a poem or some shit. Just like, just like that. Like it's always. Exactly. Accessible. 
And like, I hear a lot of my homies talk about um, who were more involved with music in the past and like, you know, various things have kind of caught up to them and they haven't had a chance. And it's like, you kind of build it up sometimes in your mind, like, oh, like making music like this, this or that, whatever yeah. your art form is. But it's like, it's always there. You just got to like go into it. And that's what I think a lot of people, it's holding a lot of people back. Like everybody has this like vision of what perfection is. Like people don't realize like perfection is not real. Like perfection is like what you want it to be. Like perfection is like your end goal. Like whenever you finalize something, that is perfection. If it is perfection to you, like at the end of the day, if you are satisfied, I don't know, use whatever adjective you want, but you can't sit around like, to me, like you can't sit around forever just like this isn't perfect. This isn't perfect in art. You just gotta let go because you're holding all of it in. And when you let it all out there, someone's gonna love it. And the people that love it, hold on to those people. And if that brings you satisfaction, great. You know, and if only you love it, only you love it. Like make some more stuff and do you. You know, like at the end of the day, I'm a no stress policy. I don't do anything that brings stress on me. Music is a stress reliever for me, so therefore I will always indulge in it, whether I make my music public or keep it private. Yeah, you said it's a form of it's a form of therapy. Is that coinciding? Are you just now just like writing a track every single day and using that as an outlet, and then deciding oh, which ones yeah, you're putting yeah, out yeah. there, like, or how, is it? Yeah, that's how it used to be. Like I would write a track every day, you know. But like now, it's like I'm kind of I have other focuses, you know. I'm in graduate school right now doing healthcare policy at Columbia and I want to change the world and I want to change mental health and look into substance abuse and poverty and you know I'm doing a lot of research right now at like the Columbia Population Center and the Social Intervention Group at Columbia so like I'm really like just like have multiple focuses right now so I want I want to attack that and like whenever I'm sort of like over over stressed over drained like decompress with my music. No, that makes sense. I mean, I used to, I used to write back in the day. And... He was, I remember, yo, you know, I remember, he, I remember you had that post on YouTube and you got the top comment on some like big, big music video, like, yo, please check out my music. I know you don't get no time. Oh, like, that, that was funny. <laughs> you got like a, a thousand likes on that post. That was hey, funny. So. <laughs> the views went up after that too, right? <laughs> the stock went up. The price the is stock up. Stock went up. I mean, that was. You know, this is this is at a time where we didn't realize the value of effective marketing, you know, and how best to go about it. Yeah. It's crazy. It's it wild, crazy. right? If people was moving back in the wild, wild west, if you just really had one of the tricks that we knew today, you could have been all, no matter what music you had. Right? <laughs> knew how to document things the proper way. <laughs> just, but I feel change, like, change the name of your MP3 on LimeWire, blow up like Social Boy. Yeah, that would have been crazy. <laughs> Put 50 cent... 21 questions and then crank that comes on like come on now like you got to be smart with this thing it's not always your music it's a lot of times your marketing it is and that and that actually did um push things forward as fun as that sound i actually did get a couple hit-ups from people like hey like i'm hosting xyz but obviously i'm in school at that time so i have no means of traveling because of a lack of funds yeah and doing work study class and then trying to dabble within music all that shit yeah so definitely possible you can't, I, I just, I had so much built up in music before I really had to focus too heavy and in school if it made sense. Like, I don't know. I do school, but I don't, I don't go too into it. If I'm tired, I go to bed. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like that's, that's that, you know, like, I don't, I don't know, you know, I don't let it stress me. Yeah, well, that's the way it's supposed to feel at the end of the day. If it's not, if it's causing too much stress and it doesn't feel like, Something that you are going to value in 50 years, whether that stress is worth it, then it's not. Like the older I'm getting, the more I'm just realizing, like, we just have to just appreciate 
we have to appreciate appreciation. Ooh, yeah, definitely. Honestly, just drink more water. <laughs> I know that's uncivil, but like, nah, that's really the reality. Because a lot of people out here, they don't have like people behind them, backing them, that nope. like care about what they do, that give them a pat on the back when they do good, that lift them up when yep. they're down. Like, those are the people we need to be around. Like, appreciate appreciation. Like, those people don't have to be there, man. There was times in people's lives where they didn't have anybody. Like, everybody that has a support system should appreciate it, should use a lot, utilize it, and should never, 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 never manipulate or take advantage of it. Yeah, man, and pay it forward. Like, <laughs> Pay it forward. I, what I think a lot about, too, is like everyone – you know, if you, if you had like a map of everybody or like a chart of everybody's support centers and like the people that they call family, there's so much, there's always overlap. You know what I'm saying? Like I have my, my group of people, but then my group of people has their group of people and that overlaps. Like everybody at the end of the day is leaning on someone and like, we're all so connected these days that it's like, we can kind of, I feel like what we're trying to do with the podcast and like what most of the homies who we've had on are trying to do in their own ways to just like build those connections with as many people as you can. Definitely, like you got to, you got to, like everybody's a blessing, you know. Everybody's in someone's life for a reason. Sometimes you don't see why, and sometimes when someone exits your life, you're like, man, I really wanted that. Like that person showed a lot of support, but you just gotta accept like what they showed you, you know. Like appreciate what they showed you, and hope maybe y'all could come around again. And if not, then appreciate the new people that have been put in your life, you know, because everybody's like a blessing you know everyone's a blessing and 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 some people can be a blessing in disguise but if you catch that early you know that's just a lesson as well man just spitting knowledge right now okay that's i see the value of, i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i see the value of doubling as an artist in school and <laughs> a student okay and are you see are you seeing the way that those intersect is there like now a crossroads in which you like to merge those two audiences Definitely, like I, in the way I was, I was thinking about you know doing things like I want to open up my private practice in the future. Like I want to build a hospital in Nigeria, um, multiple hospitals in Nigeria. I want to do do a lot of different things, and like a big part of it I wanted to do was like have a lot of counseling therapy for like people in entertainment because I feel like music can a lot of times make you lose your head. You can get too into it, and you can really become someone that you're not as you become start to have more people and have more recognition so i always wanted a little late goal i had in my life with this mental health thing is like maybe i should start a private practice for like celebrity rappers celebrity upcoming like musicians singers you know like come talk to someone who has a degree and all this a dr phil type of thing a little joke call it dr mickey like that's what i've been thinking (laughs) (laughs) shit man throw that shit out in the universe right now throw it in the universe right like yo abc sign me (laughs) the law of attraction is real that's a great idea too, because like, I mean, you were talking earlier about music being uh, your therapy, and I feel like I feel the same way a lot of times when I make music, and like most people I know who make music feel that way. But at the same time, it's like that can't be your only release. Like, you need to still be able to talk through things with other people for real. So, of course, like you can't. Yes, of course. And it becomes such a catch twenty two where it's like you you're just putting it all in the music and and slowly losing your mind a little bit more and more because you're not. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that's that. That's what that's. That's some real. That's some real stuff. Like that's like, honest, I agree. That's all I can say. I agree. Like, <laughs> like, you, like you can't, you can't lose yourself. You putting. You still need outside, outside sources. You know, it can't just like music is my therapy. You know, you need to talk to someone who doesn't even know that you do music, or talk to someone 
Like, I'm not saying, like, you can do different things. I don't want to, I've never been an advocate of, like, everybody needs therapy. Like, I don't think everybody needs therapy, but I think everyone needs to find their version of therapy within their life. And, like, the easiest way is to just go to a therapist if it gets to that point. But every single person in this world just needs to find their version of therapy in this life. Like, exercise is a version of therapy. Um, Meditation is a version of therapy. Music is a version of meditation. Like, so, like, there's a lot of things you can do. There are a lot of natural healing sources. There's just a lot of things you can do in this life. So that's where I stand with it. You got to have that community too. You got to be able to like share it with other people. And I mean, that's like one of the, that's again, like one of the weird things about music, which is kind of like, it's not even a catch 22, but it's kind of like oxymoronic. Whereas like music is one of the ways that people like really connect with other people. You know, you see like, Frank Ocean doing the show and you look around and like the whole crowd is like singing along. I don't know why Frank Ocean gave them up. Nah, Frank. Frank Ocean dope, bro. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> like, shit. So on, a lot bro. of shit he says is therapeutic. Go D. But at the same time, it's like the artists themselves don't necessarily like, they get put onto this like different status as if they're not like part of the you know community of people in, in some bro, sense that's what i'm saying bro that yeah that's that's whack bro people who hold artists on this like this idol worship stuff is not real bro like that's why low-key why i stopped going to concerts last concert i went to was chance the rapper in 2014 like after i went there i'm like i don't want to go to concerts anymore and chance is cool chance is chance is dope you know but my whole thing is like i don't put anyone on a pedestal i listen to your music because i like music not because i love you as a person because i don't know you as a person you know so i feel like there's a lot of a lot of idol worship in music that shouldn't be right like all these people are normal human beings like relate to them and you could you could love them you could feel some emotions towards them but don't don't worry don't follow them like these people are like you and me they can make mistakes they're not above the above the grain yeah, you got to put the art before the artist at the end of the day. The creation is not the same as uh, the creator. And like, no, exactly. no musician is perfect, but I've heard some perfect songs in my lifetime. Exactly, exactly, exactly. That's a good way to put it. That's a beautiful <laughs> way to put it. It's like you could create something better than yourself. Damn. <laughs> you can, you can, That's also a good way to put it. <laughs> yeah, so you can, you can like create this perception of yourself. Musicians build the story, we build the narrative. So like... If you're listening to the music and believe in everything you say, who's going to paint themselves in a bad light unless that's like beneficial to them in some way, you know, unless it's getting getting emotions like sympathy or stuff, unless you're like a masochist and like, yeah, you're doing it for a reason. You're putting those words out there because you want that sympathy or you want to be looked at in a certain way or or I don't know. It's like at least the famous people, not necessarily us, like me and you, like who aren't famous. I mean, we just doing it for us. But once you get to a certain point and everybody's watching you, you can you're controlling your narrative. You're controlling your story. Absolutely. And there's a lot that goes into that. So many tactics like an Instagram post now is like it's full of so many hidden narratives and shit. Like, yes. <laughs> Oh, you see that emoji that they post in the comments? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, yo, eternal takes coming. The, the puke emoji. Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> you feel me? That's stupid. <laughs> you, trying to, you trying to give us a quick 8 of 16? No pressure, eight though. <laughs> yo, he asked for a quick 8 of 16. I spit it real quick, and I told him about my dreams. I want to be the president of Nigeria, but understand this ain't going to come quick. It's a country full of malaria. This off the top of the dome. I'll never stop. I'm not a clone. They sent me to prison, but I came back and made it to Columbia home. So, you know, this is a quick story for all the listeners, and I hope you come back once or twice because Eric and the Zim is the best. You heard it. They nice. <laughs>